Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 19th, and our reading comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want to begin today at the second part of verse 8, where Paul says, train yourself to be godly, or some translations say, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. I'll never forget 1997 when I first met Dr. Bennett, and he began helping me to understand what this verse is all about. He began teaching me how to discipline my life for the purpose of of godliness. Now, what does that mean? This is so important because in our culture today, we are so busy, we are so distracted, there are so many things going that most of us cannot find the time, the mental space, the energy, really to cultivate our relationship with God. And remember, our goal is to help you learn to be with Jesus so you become like Jesus. Then we can begin doing what Jesus did. But so many people, it's like they are being swept away by the current of culture and everything that's just happening in their life that all they can do is just try to keep their head above water. And I think what Paul would say and what Dr. Bennett began teaching me years ago is, I've got to discipline myself for the purpose of godliness. So what does that mean? That means first, there's some things I've got to cut out from my life to create some margin. Number two, it means I've got to create priorities. I've got to decide what are the most important things and make sure that I give my first attention to the most important things on my priority list. And then third, it means I've got to make sure I understand that my what I'm trying to cultivate spiritually in order to be godly is I'm trying to cultivate my relationship versus performance. So again, let me walk you through each of those. First of all, I had to cut some things out. So I realized if I was going to be godly, if I was going to cultivate my relationship with Jesus, if I was going to grow in my faith, if I was going to make room for Dr. Bennett to disciple me and to kind of follow him, then it meant I had to cut some things out. So I had to cut out some of my recreation. You know, I had to limit that. I even had to limit to a degree. I had to limit how much I was working, because at one time I was working multiple jobs. I had to limit how much I was doing in my home church so that I can be engaged at Dr. Bennett's church. And we we went over there and, and got real involved and because that gave me an environment where he could be discipling me and coaching me and giving me opportunities to, to start practicing and doing ministry on a real small scale to kind of get my feet wet. But there were just some things I had to cut out of my life. I had to cut out television. Basically, that was kind of the moment when I realized, you know, television, even watching sports on TV, as much as I enjoy doing that, I was wasting a lot of time and that time was too precious. So I had to create some margin. I had to cut some things out. That was the first thing. Secondly, I had to really think about my priorities. So how, what was 
first in my life. And Dr. Bennett helped me to understand Jesus had to be first. Again, that's what we're talking about in this podcast. Before I begin my day, God has something to say. In other words, I want God to be first. The first thing I want to do is try to open the Bible, to connect with Jesus, to spend time cultivating my soul, spend time investing in myself spiritually, spend time trying to cultivate my connection to Jesus. I needed to make that my top priority. Number two, I needed to make Tina my second priority. Remember, that was back when our marriage was really in trouble. But the reason making Tina my top priority actually was so important is because that relationship was really God working in it to disciple me. So what I was learning is the problems in my relationship with Tina were the same struggles I was having with Jesus. And the struggles I was having with Jesus were the same struggles I was having with Tina. And so that relationship really was exposing all of these issues in my character and creating an opportunity for God to begin working and moving in my life. So I had to prioritize that relationship over a lot of of other things. I had to prioritize my ministry training over my volleyball and and the other kind of working out and the other kind of recreational things that I had been really engaged in for years. And, And that might seem silly and a little trivial, but that was an important decision because if I didn't cut some of those things out and prioritize my spiritual growth and my future, then I was going to stay stuck where I was. So I had to kind of reorient some of my priorities. And then third, I had to cultivate my connection to Jesus. This is so important. What Dr. Bennett began teaching me how to do is, how do I get into the Word and allow God to speak to me like we're trying to do in this podcast? How do I learn to pray and for that prayer to be very relational? How do I learn to discipline my life to make God and cultivating that relationship my top priority? And so many times I think when we think about being godly. We just think about behavior management. We think about following rules. And God definitely wants us to live lives of holiness. You know, Paul's talked about that throughout uh, this book. But the pathway to holiness is through the relationship with Jesus. In other words, again, as I'm with Jesus, I become like Jesus. So I had to begin disciplining myself to cultivate this relationship. And as I cultivated the relationship, as I was doing what you're learning to do, opening the Bible and allowing the Word of God to speak to me, praying through Scripture, submitting my heart and mind and will to the Word of God every day, God began transforming my life from the inside out. So I wasn't just trying to manage my behavior with my willpower. I was inviting Christ to transform my heart so that my behavior was simply a reflection of what is now true of me. It was a reflection of my connection with Jesus. He was producing his life in me. So we've got to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, which means I may have to create some margin 
It means I need to make sure my priorities are in the right order, that Jesus is first. And then third, it means the focus is not on changing and managing my behavior. My focus is on cultivating the connection and trusting that as I do that, my behavior is going to naturally change. All right, let me read this next portion. He goes on to say, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. It's always interesting to me, like in January, right, when we have all these New Year's resolutions, how easy it is for people to put together a plan for getting in better shape physically, right? So they, they've got some kind of goals in regard to their eating and their schedule and their sleep and their exercise. And, and often they make some pretty, pretty good improvements physically in the very same way. We need to create a plan for developing our spiritual life, for really working out spiritually and growing. Why? Because it benefits us in every area of our life and in a life to come. Verse 11, Paul says, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading scripture to the church and encouraging the believers and teaching them. I love that. Don't let anyone, Timothy, look down on on your youth. You know, one of the things I think has always been true at Definition Church is our church has, you know, been so young. And, and I think sometimes it's easy, right, to look down on young people. Or if you're young, it's easy to think, well, gosh, what do I have to offer? And Paul disencourages Timothy. Listen, don't be timid. Don't be passive. Don't let anybody look down on you just because you're youth, youthful. But instead, let's live in a way that we're setting the bar. We're setting an example. Let's live in a way that everybody can see our love, our faith, and our purity. So important. Verse 14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. So let me just say this. Don't neglect the gift God has put in you. So it's again, it's so easy in American culture to be so caught up and just trying to survive kind of week in and week out that we're neglecting the spiritual gift. We're neglecting all of the experiences that God has led us through rather than leveraging them to be a blessing to other people, to encourage and strengthen other people, and to be a witness for the kingdom of God. So let's allow God to have our gift, to have our training, to have our education, to have our experience, to have our pain. Let's bring all of that to the table and ask the question, how does God want me to leverage all of this, all that he's taught me, to be a blessing to other people. Of course, that begins with my family and friends, but even with my coworkers and my neighbors and my extended family and, and just people that I'm in relationship that I have influence with, how do I allow everything that God has taught me to be a blessing to them? I don't want to neglect those gifts. I want to stir those things up so that I can be a blessing to everybody around me. Well, let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for this encouragement. 
God, I pray that every person listening, that we'd all grow in our capacity to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. We want to walk with you, which means we may have to cut some things out. It means we've got to get our priorities in order. And it means we need to focus on the relationship, not managing our behavior and trust that as we're with you, we'll become like you, that our behavior will become a reflection of what you're doing in our hearts. God, I pray that that would be true. I pray that nobody in our church, nobody listening would be timid because of their youthfulness. God, sometimes we kind of have this impression that one day when I'm older and more mature, then I'll make a difference. No, we can begin to make a difference now. I pray that none of us would allow anyone or allow ourselves to look down on our youthfulness, to discredit, to discount ourselves because we're young. But instead, let's live for Jesus. God, help us to set an example of love, faith, and purity so that despite our youthfulness, our witness, our lifestyle has credibility. And God, I pray that every person would stir up the spiritual gifts that you've given each of them. God, help us to leverage our gifts, our training, our education, our background, all that you've been doing in our life through these years. God, help us to leverage all of that for your kingdom and the blessing of all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me. I hope that encourages you today. So appreciate you taking this journey with me. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.